Ah, the feeling of completedness. When you actually set out to achieve a goal, you reach it, and then you no longer have to keep reaching for it. What does it feel like? What does it do to you? For your self-esteem, for your psyche, for your overall health? What does it feel like when you actually do complete something that you started out to do perhaps a year ago, three years ago, 10 years ago? No matter how long the journey is, completing something is a big deal, especially in a creative pursuit. And in my case, finishing a book. In today's episode, I continue along the path of talking about finishing what we start with episode 45, The Affirmation of Completed Work. Hey guys, welcome back to The Writer's Lens. This is Josh J.C. Alfelto. And as you heard from the intro, this is going to be episode 45, which is The Affirmation of Finished Work, which I think is just a natural progression from uh, last week's episode where I was talking about the anxiety of unfinished work and how angst and anxiety can swell up in us when we're putting aside things that we feel like we are meant to do, uh, specifically in the case of a passion project, perhaps, or in my case, writing a book. And how much that can just affect us in general, um, you know, as far as physically, emotionally, spiritually, how this can kind of cause a lot of blockages in our life and how we might be able to work through those. So I wanted to move past that part of the anxiety of unfinished work and talk a little bit about what it feels like to finish what we start out to do. Because having a little bit of road behind me in in terms of having completed some creative pursuits in my past, having written a few short stories and published them, having published a few books now in my day, I have a little bit of experience under my belt that I can speak to about this concept of finishing a book, finishing what you set out to do uh, that might be a passion project of yours or a a real interest of yours that you want to share with other people. And before I really do that, I want to get something on the table and I want to preface it right away. And that is this term passion project, because I know there's a lot of static around this topic uh, in today's culture. So I just want to lay this out again, because I've talked about it in prior episodes. If you want to go all the way back to episode two, I think it was when I talked about discovering passion, which was one of my, my very first episodes that I was doing here on the writer's lens more than a year ago. I I just want to stay consistent with this, because when I talked about passion and this term passion project, you might hear a lot of negative buzz about it nowadays. Like people saying like, don't follow your passion because it just leads to ruin. So there's, there's kind of a a narrative out there now that's talking about how we shouldn't follow our passions because it'll, it'll inevitably leave us with empty pockets and empty souls. Essentially there, there is that narrative out there, but there's also a very popular narrative that says, follow your passion, follow your bliss. As Joseph Campbell might've said, uh, follow the things of your heart and you'll never go wrong. And both sides, I think, have a little bit of truism in them, but I wouldn't completely prescribe to either or uh, without a little bit of discernment in the middle. So if you can follow me and track me on that, I want to preface it with this, is that, again, I want to define what a passion is. Uh, First of all, a passion project or just a passion in general is something that's very life-giving in your life. It's something that you do. It gives you life. It gives you energy. It makes you want to get up in the morning. That could be a passion of yours. But secondly, it's something that you do get a reward from. Okay, you might work tirelessly for this thing and you might be willing to put yourself to the hazard. You might be willing to suffer in the interim, 
because you know that there could be a light at the end of the tunnel that's going to be worth all of the sort of the pain and anguish and, and difficult times that you're going through because it's it's that carrot out in front of you, right? It's that it's that thing that you're chasing, in a sense, and and you know that it's out there. But it's also something I think that you can share with other people, and that's the third part of a of a passion that I think is so so important is that it's not just self therapy. It's something that really is going to affect other people in a positive way. I mean, you hear people say things like, well, you know, I have a passion for the homeless or I have a passion for, uh, you know, fighting for the rights of other people or, or something of that nature. And so there's like business models that become birthed out of these passions and and it's difficult and it's hard, but it's something that gets you up in the morning and makes you move and it might give purpose to your life. And this is the kind of passion that you want to cultivate. It's this passion that's going to help other people in the end. Okay, like I, uh, some close friends of mine, Willie and Rachel Scott, who have been on this podcast, The Writer's Lens, uh, do a ministry um, called Better Than Blended, where they help blended families. And they themselves are, are, are a blended family. And they have a real passion for helping people that are in a blended family situation. And that great example, just great example of a passion project that came and was materialized by these two people who, who knew this was on their heart and in their bones, they wanted to share this with other people. So that is what I want to throw out there to begin this whole episode, because finishing a passion project, there's a lot of things moving and shaking, you know, not just in your mind, but in your heart that you want to be very careful to guard and you want to be very careful in how you navigate that because it's very easy to throw ourselves in anything that comes our way and say, this is my passion, right? Like, this is my passion. I think of that funny progressive commercial with Flo that's been on, I think, for the past year or so where she's having conversations with other versions of herself. And there's one that's <laughs> – she's on like a uh, like an electric bike or something. And she's on her phone and she's clearly not working very hard. And she's making a mockery sort of of, of the uh, – of the woman who says, I'm working on my passion, you know, I'm working on my passion. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's just poking fun at someone who says, I have a passion about something, but they're not w willing to work hard at it. And that's, you know, the, the humor that's in that commercial. So if you, if you haven't seen a commercial, then, you know, go check it out, obviously, after you get off this, listening to this. But, but I, again, I, I wanted to lead off with that because there can be some static around the idea of a passion project. So, so with those things in place, let's move, let's move forward here. So in the case of writing a book and finishing it and the affirmation that we seek from finishing a passion project, or like I said, in, in my case, writing a book, to me, it's like running a marathon. In my case, it's like running a marathon. And it may be the same in, in whatever creative endeavor you have, you know, painting a picture, you know, doing a sculpture, crafting something. Uh, starting a business. It is like running a marathon, and here's why. Because in the very beginning of a race, of a long race, now I've never actually run a marathon, but I've run some 5Ks in my life, there's a lot of energy at the beginning. There's a lot of buildup. There's a lot of anticipation. There might be some anxiety even about what's going to happen next. And even if you've trained for it, even if you've set your mind upon this race that's ahead of you, you still have some uneasiness about you. There's an unpredictable element here in play that you don't know what's going to happen until you actually put yourself to the hazard. And so when that gun goes off or someone says go or you tell yourself go and you take off down the lane of a race, there's a lot of energy behind that. 
and there's a lot of gusto to move you forward. And that's what it can feel like writing a book. Moving towards finishing this project is uh, there's a lot of energy in the beginning. I mean, all my friends out there who are, who are big on idea generation, you can relate to this, right? Like when you get a new idea, it's almost like you feel like like you have wings now. You know, you can just soar off into the horizon with this new idea and it's it's great and it's wonderful and it's beautiful and and nothing's wrong with it and it's so grandiose. And then once the high begins to come down, you come back down to earth and the simple reality is is that if you really want to get that idea out, you're going to have to do some dirty digging, right? You're going to have to get your your hands dirty. And that's the hard part, right? Like like that's the hard part. And this is where Again, going back to my analogy of running a race, when you finally get around that turn and you're you're in this project, you're moving forward with whatever it is that you're working on, in my case, writing a book, the moment it starts to become monotonous and you lose a lot of that initial gusto and the juices aren't as, as high, the dopamine's not running as, as high octane as it was before, this is a major gut check moment, I think, for creatives. I think it's a gut check moment for anyone that that thinks that they're supposed to do this passion project of theirs, or maybe they're writing a book like I am, because the moment it becomes difficult, you have one of two choices. You can either back out and say, look, this really wasn't what I had in mind. This, this isn't looking like what I thought it would be. Or you can settle into the monotony ahead of you and realize that, look, I'm going to have to put one foot in front of the other. That's it. Uh, you know, I think as, as Caesar said, brick by brick, my citizens, brick by brick. Okay, you're not building it in one day. And by having that long-term vision, you can get through the, the step after step after step. And I mean, if you're again, if you're not someone that's run a lot of races in your life, you can still kind of imagine what that would be like moving forward at a certain pace where I, I just have to keep going and it's going to be monotonous and the scenery seems the same. You know, I'm always coming back to that same page. I mean, I can, I can speak to that personally that I've had weeks go by where I just, I sit down and I stare at the same chapter heading and it's so frustrating. And I just look at it and I go, I can't get past this. This is like a serious roadblock. And I know that time is going by. Okay. I realize totally that time is going by. Time is of the essence. I'm not going to get it back right? I'm not going to get it back. So I have to break through this somehow. And it might be a good time to just kind of break away from it, break away from this thing that you've been working so closely to and just give it some space to breathe. That doesn't mean you stop running. Okay. That, again, for, for me writing a book, it doesn't mean that I just stop writing altogether. I might go read something. I might get re-energized by a book that I really enjoyed. I, I might read a new book. Okay, I might write something totally different. There are all kinds of ways to break up this monotony so that we don't get so blocked up. And, and, and again, if you wanted to unpack this further, I've done, a, I've done some past episodes on, on dealing with writer's block, specifically even in this, in this series that I'm doing from episode 40 onward that you can check out. But, but staying on track, but staying on track with, with this episode, as we're moving forward in monotony, if we do break through that moment and we, we realize we're in it for the long haul and we, we do realize that we've given our idea some space to breathe and it keeps coming back and it, and it feels like it's, it's just something that has to come out of us, when we do finally do break through, what happens? Like when you start making breakthrough after breakthrough, what happens to you? Well, for me, writing a book, specifically when I wrote The Road to Mars, I learned 
quite a few things about myself. Number one, I, I learned how I work. I learned how I work on, on a passion project like this, like working on a book. And not only did I learn how I worked, I, I learned when I should work. How do, when do I work best? Okay, normally when I, how I work is that I can work in spurts and I can work in long periods of time where I can just focus. You know, I could, I am that type of person that can sit down at a computer and write my story for three hours and time just, you know, it just, it just flies by like that. I'm that type of person. I can just get in the zone. I'm in the mode, headphones in, or, or maybe I'm just like listening to the birds chirping or something and I just get in the mode and I go. All right, you might not be that type of person, okay? And you might work a little bit differently. That's the point. If you're in it for the long haul and you make those those small breakthroughs, okay, and you're getting through all that what might seem like the minutia of of the long haul, you begin to see how well you work and and when you can work. I mean, for me it's early morning. Middle of the day, not so much. Late at night, a little bit, but morning, that's definitely the the go-to time for me if I really want to get some work done. And not only that, you begin to see the message that you have to share begin to come together. Because again, when you're starting a race, like I said, there's a ton of energy there. There's a lot of gusto. The same is true for any idea or any book that you're doing. There's a lot of energy behind that idea. There's a lot of sort of, I don't want to say it's delusions of grandeur, but there's this sense that everything's perfect about it. And there's a sense of this is the message I want, I want to tell. But a lot of times when we write our story and we sit down and really give it some time to sort of gestate, maybe ferment is the right word I'm looking for, and it starts to, to come out of us, we learn a lot about ourselves, not only just in how well we work and when we should work, but what is it that we really are trying to say? And as a writer, again, this being the writer's lens, I begin to formulate the message as I'm going through my my story. And granted, when I when I was doing the Road to Mars, I knew there were some messages that I wanted to tell. I knew that there was an there was this overlay of of an idea that I wanted to tell people about this character, the shepherd, and and my main characters of Darian and Olivia and Jack. And I wanted to tell this this sort of unique sci-fi tale of you know, a father and daughter who were trying to leave Earth and get to Mars, and they were going to use the shepherd to get there, and there's this guy, Jack, who shows up, and now he wants to go with them, and it totally throws all their plans awry. I knew that story was in there, but all everything else that I wanted to talk about, I didn't know it was there yet. I didn't know what messages necessarily I wanted to convey. I didn't know what stories were going to emerge out of the story that I was telling, and as I went through every chapter and as I developed it and I was, you know, either outlining it or flying by the seat of my pants, the overall message began to become clearer and clearer as I worked through it. So that's something I, I want to I key in on here as, as uh, I start to bring this in for a landing because as you get towards the end of the race, as you get towards the end of this project and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, for me, it was like page 350 or 360 that I was getting to at the end of my last book where I could see that I was almost there, that I was going to finish this thing. I was finally going to finish this draft after more than a year or so of doing it. I'm almost there. Got to just gut it out to the end, right? Because when I finally got there, the feeling of the last page doing that first draft, 
was was like finishing a long, long race. And again, if you're someone who's run a long race, the moment you complete it, there's just this incredible exuberance of thank God it's over, right? <laughs> like just thank goodness it's done. I I'm through that long thing. I, I don't have to turn around and go do it all over again. I'm exhausted. But I'm also feeling relief in a sense that I can I can rest now. You know, right? Like rest is is now here for me. And I can rest knowing that I'm done with it. Now, granted, you know, you got to go back and market yourself and you got to get it edited and proofread and all these other things. But this feeling of completion is now there. And it's this feeling of, look, I'm not a failure. I, I'm not someone that just sets projects aside and gets all high up in the clouds and never comes down and, and is someone that actually can finish what they start. Because that's a huge, huge boost for any creative especially someone like myself who feels like I have a lot of ideas at once, to focus in on one and be able to bring it through the finish line is a huge deal. It's a huge deal because once you do it the first time, the second time gets easier. The third time gets easier. Now, I'm not saying that you do it faster. Okay, I'm not saying that you'll finish it faster, but the reality of the feeling and knowing what it feels like to be done or done done, I guess would be the would be the best way to describe it. You'll know what it feels like and you'll become accustomed to it. It's the same as building a good habit. Like if you want to build a good habit, you know, if you want to eat better, or you want to exercise more, you develop this habit around that thing that you're going after. And it's the same with a passion project. And, and for me, writing a book, you know, when I, when I finished my other two books, the Epiphanies Theories books, the completion factor continued to become more and more of a familiar thing to me rather than being a foreign feeling. It was more and more familiar for me to finish something and go, okay, yeah, I know what this feels like. I finished this idea. When I did my short stories, The Scientist's Dilemma, The Color of Soul, when I was done with it, I knew what that feeling felt like. I was honing in on the feeling of being completed. And when you know what that feels like, you start to develop, I don't want to, maybe it's a rhythm is the best way to put it. You develop a rhythm that you get into that once you can see where the finish line is, you can get to it that much, I don't want to say faster, but you can get there. You can actually get there now. You don't have to feel like you're floundering off in space, never knowing when you're going to come back down. You actually do have a vision on the horizon that you can go towards. So that's a big, that's a big takeaway. But perhaps the biggest of them all at the end of the, at the end of the, of that finish line is that you now have your voice. You now know what your unique message is. You might have started out again, like I said, you might have started out with all this energy behind yourself and this big idea, this this thing that you you wanted to see come to fruition. And now you've gotten there. And I can almost guarantee that the way that it ends up does not look like what it started in the beginning. It might have changed. It might have shifted focus. It may have moved in another direction. It's never 100% like what you started with. And I'm sure you've probably heard this from other from other folks as it as it pertains to you know creative pursuits or or finishing a large project. Whatever you started out with in your mind doesn't always translate exactly the same to paper and it ultimately will not translate the same into someone else's mind either. And that's really where the artists are uh, uh, behind the pen really 
can thrive is being able to translate your idea in such a way that, yes, you have your own vision of what it looks like, but inviting your reader into that same space of your message, of your voice, so that they can play around with their imagination is, is just so key, is just so key. And again, this is, this is that critical moment where you find your voice and you can find that unique message. Because you should be looking to create a unique message. You should be looking for what it is about you that's unique that you want to tell your story with. I, I've shared this a few times on this podcast, but it, it bears repeating. When I first started writing and I knew I wanted to write and I knew it was a passion of mine, I thought that my voice was one of satire. And it can be at times. Uh, that's still a part of me, part of my personality that I, I don't think will ever be truly dug out of me. This, this desire to be humorous, to be, uh, like I said, satirical. And those were what my first two books were. There was a, it was an attempt at humor and satire. But after I had done them, I realized that this was not the voice that I wanted to convey. This was not the voice of my real message, which was somewhere deeper inside of me that God really wanted to pull out of me that said, look, I don't want you to just be another angry voice among the masses. And not again to say that satire is all anger and resentment and all these kinds of things. I happen to like a lot of satire that I find online in certain little niches of, of the internet. But I knew it wasn't going to be J.C. Alfalto. That wasn't going to be J.C. Alfalto's ultimate message was satire and humor. It was going to be something else. It was going to be something bigger. And I don't want to say bigger in that it's better than satire, but bigger to me, to my voice, to what my message was going to be. Um as far as being a writer was concerned. And, and when I realized that my heart was really in, in, in sci-fi and in fiction and inspiration, this is where I wanted to find my voice in, was in that part of the journey. Well, it was, it was in that part of the journey when I was done that I discovered that. So really, in, in many ways, even though I'd finished my book, uh, my <laughs> even though I'd finished that book and become familiar with completing it, there was still a sense of incompletedness. And that might be your story too. I mean, that's also what I want to encourage anyone who's listening to this is that just because you started off writing a book one way and you finished a book series or maybe you finished a book and you were you were glad, you were happy about it, but then you look back on it and you go, is that really my voice? Is that who who I am? Is that really what I want people to to know me as? That can be something to to go back and reassess. And I And I certainly did that. I certainly did that. So, so there's many races that we're running. I mean, there's ultimately many races that we're running in these, in these passion projects of ours. So, that is my uh, encouragement there uh, for you as you're as you're listening to this is that is that you can do it. Okay, you're you're not a failure. Okay, that's my first takeaway from this episode is that you're not a failure if you're someone who's been wanting to write a book or get your message out there, or or start some kind of creative pursuit. You're not a failure, okay? There's so many people out there that start things and never finish them. In fact, it's more often than not that people start things and don't finish them, okay? That doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you someone who's an incompletionist, right? Okay, because you can always start from where you're at today and move towards the move towards that goal line. And secondly, you can go back and analyze what worked and what didn't work, right? Like, like what worked for you? How did you work well? When did you work well? Uh, what were the things that, that got you going, right? Like what was you felt like was in your bones that you, if you gave it space to breathe, what came back to you? What was still nagging you in the back of your mind or, or making you want to come back to the same idea? 
that was true of me with with uh, my Mars books, is that it, it just nags at me and it says, you know, hey, I really want you to write this, <laughs> okay? As if as if it has a mind of its own. I really want you to write this, Josh. I really want you to get this to get this out there. And then lastly, you find your unique voice amidst all the other voices out there by finishing what you start. You see what the message is. You see what unique offering you have to give to people, to maybe inspire them to, to, to breach a new interest, to make them think a little bit, or, or whatever it might be. I mean, I, my greatest hope for my books is that I make people think a little bit deeper, or I engage them on an even on a spiritual level. I, you know, that's one of the hopes I have for my books is that I can engage people on levels that maybe they've never been engaged before and to kind of, you know, stoke that imagination in, in such a way that it does make them kind of consider things differently. Uh, granted, I, I can't control anyone's thoughts or their experiences, but, but I know that's part of my message. I, I know that's part of, of, uh, of, of what I've been designed to do with the voice that I have and, and, and with what I've been given uh, to do, to do so. So, uh, so those are my, my big takeaways from this, from this episode on, on finished work, because it is such a difficult thing in the creative realm to do well and to do it over and over and over again. Once you've started something, you've gotten through it, you finish it, and then you ultimately have to move on to the next one. That's just a reality. Unless you do just have one book that you want to get out of yourself. I mean, if you if you are one of those kind of one-and-done book writers or whatever it may be, then so be it. Fine, okay? You might be saying, Josh, look, I'm not trying to write a, a series of books here. I'm just trying to finish one. That's totally fine. That's totally fine. Everything I, that I talked about here, the applications, the reality that you're looking to hone your voice at the end of the, at the, end of the finish line, all of those things are applicable to you if you're just trying to write a single book and, and get your message out there. So, uh, so with that being said, uh, I'm going to wrap up on this episode. I want to thank you guys for sticking around, uh, towards the end of this and, uh, through this episode and thanks for tracking with me as I'm working through this series on basically what, you know, what does it look like? Start it from finish. Uh, start to finish for writing a book because my second book, The Shadow of Mars, as I've been talking about throughout these episodes, is still forthcoming. And I should have some hopefully good news here by the end of the month. Uh, on that, I will leave you uh, for the weekend. And again, like, share, subscribe. Uh, let me know how I'm doing with these. Uh, if you're getting some things from this or if you disagree. I, I think that's something too that a lot of podcasters don't ask for is disagreement right? Like we just think our message is, is the, the bee's knees or better than sliced bread, you know. Uh, if, if you disagree with something about what I've said or uh, what I'm talking about, then, you know, also reach out to me. Uh, I could turn around and just say you're completely wrong, but uh, I, I'm not going to claim that I will, <laughs> will or will not, but I still will invite that regardless. So thanks guys. Appreciate all the love and support. And I will catch up with you again next week. This is Josh J.C. Alfelto for The Writer's Lines.